0: That's N-O-O-M to sign up for your trial today. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast. Your morning pitching podcast from Pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is July 9th, and yes, we're going to talk about baseball. I know it's late, so that essentially means we're just going to go over the roundup today. And uh, before I really get into all the starters, I do want to let everyone know what my schedule is moving forward, because these are going to be a little bit weirder. Um as far as the plus pitch is going to go, we're going to have podcasts every single day this week. Actually, you're going to get a lucky thing where I'm going to do the the podcast before I go to bed tonight for the first time because I don't need to wait until tomorrow for the streaming options to really give you guys all the news that you need. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but later this week, I thinking, wait, what are you going to do on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and, and Thursday and so on and so forth? Um, I'm going to try and give you guys some interesting uh, looks ahead for the second half and talk about a certain guys maybe a little or certain players differently. And I'm just going to take advantage of the fact that um, we can go outside of the normal routine just a little bit. So that should be fun. Um, But as far as streams go, I'm going to be on the Twitch stream tomorrow morning doing um, video breakdowns of whoever you want me to do. I'm going to do at least five, if not up to seven, because we're going to be putting them out on YouTube as I'm going to be away and not able to make them um, for the next about 10 days or so. So if you've ever wanted me to actually, with you live, break down someone, this is your time to do it. So I'll be there at 10 a.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash picture I hope you're there. Uh, but yeah, uh, thank you all so much for really a, a wonderful first half this year. Thank you all so much for getting PL Plus. It's the best way to support what we do with our Discord and our entire community. Uh, you also get to interact with us on our Discord and get an ad-free version of the website that's both on mobile and on desktop. So I highly, highly, highly recommend that. But really, thank you all so much for your support, and let's talk about yesterday's pitchers. Matt Manning went 6.2 innings, zero and runs, zero hits, three hits, five walks. That's right, that's a no-hitter. With five whiffs, 31% CSW, and 91 pitches, the Tigers did come through with the combined no-hitter. I do not find that as impressive as a single-pitcher no-hitter, because essentially you get to tag in and tag out to full strength as the game goes on. But how did Matt Manning do that? Um, I don't really know. It was one of those games that you've sat down and you're like, wait, this is the sixth inning and they haven't had a hit really it feels like he's been struggling because he kind of was, uh, his fastball was not very good. It was just about 93. He did have some moments of like 96, but it was 96. when He's trying to pound it upstairs and then he lands in the zone and they just took it for strike three. And he also really endured a first inning where it was raining. The ball was slick and he hit a guy and walked to a guy. And, uh, I think he actually even walked to, if I me- my memory serves correctly. And, uh, he, he got out of it. um, it really felt like he was about to allow a run. And then the second inning and third inning, and he's throwing these terrible sliders and curves that are just floating in there. This was not Matt Manning being all of a sudden a really good starter. I'm sorry. I wish I could say better, but I'm surprised the Blue Jays didn't get to him. I mean, he did have a lot of hard hit balls, in my view, that uh, that were snagged by the defense or found gloves and so on and so forth. So, yeah, don't trust Matt Manning. Okay, cool. Miles Michaelis, should you start the other m M&M? He went seven innings, zero in runs, four hits, zero walks, and six Ks against the White Sox. Got the win. 12 whiffs, 31% CSWs, four seam and curve. Each went over 42% CSW in this one. Now, I think this is more blame it on the White Sox. And I don't really think that Michaelis is doing anything new. Where I don't imagine that Michaelis does enough great things for him to outweigh all the mediocrity that he does. Essentially, every single time you do it, uh, you, you start a pitcher in your roster, you're making a decision of, okay, what are the expected good outcomes, what are the expected bad outcomes? And then you're saying what percentage you think each one will exist. exist. And mentally, we do this. Um, that's essentially how I do the list and everything that I do. And I have this internal uh, weight and scaling system. And with the mic list, I just feel the reward, that is the good outcome side, Sure, this is the best maybe we'll see all year. We saw those two ridiculous strikeout starts before in, I want to say, May. And Michaelis has not been able to repeat them. While the bat is so mediocre and not helpful, um, that this isn't enough. Um, and this is not going to be a consistent thing for Michaelis. So yeah, we move on. Mitch Keller against the Diamondbacks, 6-7 innings, zeroed runs, one hit, five walks, and four Ks. Very strange outing, as he had six whiffs and 27% CSW. He's still so good. And mitigating hard contact. I think Mitch Keller had about only four hard hit balls in this one. And I see that the sliders, sorry, the cutters, the sinkers, and the four seamers weren't in the zone as much as they used to be. And that's why you have the five walks. But Batters just cannot square him up with all the the stuff going in different directions. His secondaries were still down a tick, but the fastballs, that is the sinkers and the four seamers, were still normal. You know, last start, we saw him at least down one, ticket, not two, and he got it back to normal around 95 in this, 95, 96. So we're okay with Mitch Keller at the moment, but we're still going to be monitoring, and it's kind of nice that the all-star break might give him a little extra rest here to ensure that that velocity does stay up. Spencer Strider ace is going to ace as he's the clear SP number one, 25 whiffs, 40% C's W. For everything I've said about Garrett Cole, being like, look, I think second half Garrett Cole's going to be great. Spencer Strider is just is great now. He's the obvious SP one in my book, and this was against the Rays, too. And it's pretty wild how this year it's Spencer Strider and Garrett Cole I still really like, and I think that there can be this incredible second half that is just going to be so amazing as well. But yeah, Strider is the SP1. Like, it's not not a question at all. Blake Snell is making a run, honestly, in the past eight starts that he's had. Uh, six innings, zero underruns, runs, one hit, three walks, and 11 strikeouts in this one. 17 whiffs, 36% CSW against the Mets, no less. I mean, they sure the Mets offense... All of them, the fans are letting everyone know how bad they are, but he's been insane. Um, the changeup has still been so good. 42% CSW was 7 out of 19 whiffs in this one. It's O-swing is over 40%. He's using it better. That is, he's getting a lot more first pitch strikes when he does throw a changeup early in counts. We're talking like mid 40s before, but now it's actually in the upper 50s, which is what you want to see. And then his pot away rate is 90th percentile on that changeup too. And so funny to me because I was saying, look, get rid of that changeup. It's not consistent, and it wasn't. And then at the beginning of the season, Snell's like, okay, I'm going to try and do the the, the Blake Snell blueprint with breakers first, and then the, the fastballs, but the breakers weren't getting strikes, so we had to throw change-ups, and it was a plan B, and it worked, and it was a moment of like, oh, we didn't expect that, and it, I guess it just worked. Okay, let's try and get the breakers back. No, they're not. Okay, change-up. Oh, that works again, too, and they just has kept working. But now Blake Snell is also doing better stuff with the sliders and the curves that actually weren't spiked in this game. And it's so funny because Blake Seldomy still isn't actually executing as he wants, but his stuff is so good, and he's throwing enough competitive pitches here, and also in good situations, that it doesn't matter. It's it's kind of awesome. Uh, Kyle Nelson, yes, not Ryan Nelson, opened for the Diamondbacks, and it's a bullpen game, so who cares? And Austin Pruitt did for the Athletics, and who cares? Bullpen games, whatever. Alex Masia opened... But this time it was for an actual starter of Michael Grove, who went six innings and four and runs. And he actually did a better job of elevating his heater in this one. But the slider that is supposed to be essentially like the Dylan C slider right down in glove side just so consistently was not. And yeah, that was the 37% CSW and the fastball still the one that allowed hits and so on and so forth. But the fact that the slider wasn't that pitch kind of changed at bats and everything being upstairs allowed hitters to really just keep their eye level upstairs, which means that when they got the heater, they crushed it. The point of the Blake Snell blueprint or really having elevated four seamers is that if you have something downstairs, then it really amplifies that heater and makes it a lot harder to deal with because you think it's going to drop down when you see the ball released at that point. But if you're seeing things released way above it and they come back down as opposed to just a four seamer there, it's it's a whole different story. And we might not see Michael Grove a whole lot more because the Dodgers are probably going to get something at the deadline. And I imagine uh, Grove is going to be the one that gets ousted. Brian Wu had a very interesting start against the Astros. I really want to go into that. But first, we have to take a quick break. Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog's Fantasy 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th, where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. So what are you waiting for? Visit the link in the episode description and use promo code PITCHERLESS to receive 100% deposit match up to $100. Join us in the seventh inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on Underdog. Good luck and may the best team win. Must be 18 or older, 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska, 21 and older in Massachusetts and Arizona, and present in a state where Underdog Fantasy operates. Terms apply. Concerned with your play? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncp. PGAMbling.org. gambling.org in arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in new york call one Hope and hope ny and in tennessee call 1-800-889-9789 so brian whoop against the astros When six innings one and in run three hits one walk and four k's and eight whiffs and 28 percent csw 70 pitches and it's not really the kind of outing that you imagined and think about Woo for a second what is his best asset it's that four seamer as i am starting to call core seamers that is c o C-O-R-U, uh, C-O-U-R, o u r that is moncourt which is heart and then also it's a core pitch for him so it's a core seamer i kind of dig that i don't think it's going to i don't think it's going to stick but whatever he only went 32% of them because he honestly wasn't good at commanding it they weren't upstairs four seamers kind of all over the place so he went with sinkers instead and that's why you see 78 pitches in 6 innings and few strikeouts like wait a second 42% seekers is woo yes He is throwing them inside and getting outs with them. He had a 57% uh, O-swing on his sinker, which would be 100th percentile if it were across the full season, right? The the best ones right now are above 40%. They're like 45% O-swing. I love this. I really hope this is a skill that Wu can hold on to. I want to say it was about 75% of his sinkers thrown were all arm side location. He jammed right handers with this constantly. And then the other side of it is four seamers that you got to get upstairs. His PLV on the sinker. And the reference point really for PLV is really a range from four to six. And something we're thinking about for the for 2024 that we want to fix with PLV is instead of really making the range of four to six as an average, making it actually that proper one to 10. But really, when you see like a, a mark on something, you'll see like a four three which is terrible or you're gonna see like a five point six which is amazing. Brian Wu's sinker PLV yesterday was a six point zero two. A six PLV on a pitch in a single game is incredible. And you normally don't see that on sinkers. That's how good it was. It just got so many strikes and outs and everything you want where it should suppress hard contact when located as it did. So Brian Wu has the skill now I hope and then pair that with the elite four seam that can go upstairs I mean, I don't even care about the cutter, slider, whatever else you would throw if he has those two cooking for him. And then maybe he does get the cutter later on or the slider or something else that is an actual width pitch as a breaking ball. Like, that would be amazing. But just those two pitches, you can just soar through games doing that. It's pretty dang cool. It actually outlines for me a possible Zach Wheeler, Sandy Alcantara uh, future for him as fastballs being the the root of it with both four seamers and sinkers and gaining those outs there's some excitement here okay tyler wells against the twins got the win six innings two and runs, six hits two walks four cases This was interesting because tyler wells to me i mean you, he starts you start him but his command wasn't good and that's really been the thing for tyler wells is that he's been able to do that triangle of four seamers up and then uh the the changeups and the, and the secondary stuff down but yeah this wasn't that and he still got through it so props to him but maybe it's starting to slip kevin gosman against the tigers on the other side of matt manning ace is going to ace here six innings two and runs five hits two walks and seven strikeouts it's kind of weird that the splitter really hasn't had a double digit strikeout game or sorry double digit whiff game in a while lots of whiffs, 21 percent swing strike but just seven and the slider is so bad six over 15 strikes come on man Uh, Thank you, Tigers, for being so easy on our Kevin Galsman, as the four seamers still an elite pitch. James Paxton against the Athletics only got three strikeouts. It was six innings, two earned runs, six sets, one walk. But honestly, I mean, he still did great things. He just didn't get the whiffs and whatever. Uh, The cutter and curve are great, and things are cool. Uh, Framber Valdez had the the Bailey Ober special of six innings, two earned runs, uh, seven base runners, and six Ks. And it's just so funny to me that Framber Valdez and the 1.17 whip are just like linked at the hip um, attached to the hip, but, uh, the thing about Valdez here is that we were worried about his ankle, we didn't know if he was even going to make this start, and if he was, is he going to be able to go long, he threw 105 pitches, it pretty much tells me that any worry we had about Valdez's health is pretty much donezo, because the Astros would have been careful here, um, 105 pitches, six innings, and they could have just pushed him to pass the all-star break, so this is all good sign here, Tukey Desant, five innings, two earned runs, five hits, one walk, five Ks, yeah, Tukey, huh, remember that guy? Uh, he's pitching for the White Sox now. This is not the first time he's done it this year. And uh, I don't believe in it. I don't really think the splitter or the curve are that good. And he found the zone, but no. And there's nothing exceptional here with Tukey Dusan. I think this is a trap play for those that see this and think there's some post hype here. Jake Irvin against the Rangers. Very interesting. I mean, the Rangers have been a lot worse lately, especially against right handers. They were the most terrifying offense against righties in the past like week or so. They haven't been. And Jake Irvin for the Nationals, if you don't know him. Five innings, two earned in runs, five hits, two walks, and one strikeout. But what is interesting here is this is something I think a lot of pitchers don't do enough. It's where they are in a situation where they have a rotation spot and they're not on a competitive team. They're The Nationals are not going to make the playoffs. But instead of trying to do the same thing that hasn't worked for ages... They experiment. They say, you know what? I need, if I'm going to be a really good pitcher, if I'm going to get that contract I want and all that stuff, I need to be better than I am because if I keep trying to do exactly what I'm going to do, I'm going to be out of the majors. So I really need to take a chance and try to really use this time that I have to experiment and to see if I can really get something else out of what I've got. And Jake Irvin's doing that. Not only is he throwing harder, he was throwing 93 before and he went up to 95 and then down to 94. Now it was 95.8. Which is, oh, okay, Jake Irvin, be a 96-mile-per-hour fastball guy. That's awesome. But the question then is, what is his secondary pitch? And Jake Irvin threw more curveballs than he did four-seamers yesterday. And that's really cool. Was it amazing? Not necessarily. They threw He threw them in the zone. And so that's cool. But it wasn't the curveball that we want it to be where it needs to be all the way down. But yes, throw 39% curveballs. Figure that out. This is valuable time that you have right now an opportunity to really experiment and and learn and jake gervin's just like all right i'm just gonna throw 39 percent curveballs now yes people pitchers should really really do that more often it surprises me that they don't and i think there's a terror that if you all of a sudden try something new for a game that you'll get demoted or you'll be horrible or something like that. And especially in the situation that Jay Gervin is, I'm rambling far too long, but I just think that's far, uh, just just super, super cool to see. Um, Alex Wood came in after an opener of Ryan Walker and he did good things. Five innings, zero in runs, three hits, one walk, three Ks, but is it sustainable? I don't really think so. 72 pitches, which isn't great. It's not fully stretched out and it was 90.8 on the fastball, which isn't exceptional, but it's not you know, it's it's fine, I guess, but we want to see something more exciting. And the changeup took over instead of the slider that I was just thrown six times, and the changeup was whatever and fine. You survived against Rocky Road, I guess, but I don't want to chase this. Garrett Cole, speaking of him from before, right, took long enough because he went seven point one innings of three and runs, five hits, one walk and five K's. And I've been talking about Garrett Cole showcasing the best skill set I've seen from him over the past month. Well, this wasn't that the command was all over the place. I mean, good for him for getting through 7.1 innings for the Yankees. The Yankees needed that after the bullpen wasn't good the other time and 103 pitches. That's nice, but this wasn't good. Uh, command was all over the place. Uh, slider just went one for 23 whiffs. Four seamers were just all around the zone. All the other stuff was just like, it was a shotgun blast. It was a Pollock, not me Pollock, but Jackson Pollock. And, uh, also Jackson Pollock spells his name wrong. But yeah, that's really annoying and exactly what I didn't want to see in this. Um, For Garrett Cole, I think more so than the other guys, I'm very, very focused on the skills of it because I kind of feel like Garrett Cole isn't going to destroy you in fantasy. It's just about, I need you to be your best self to make me win my league. And he's not quite doing that right now. Uh, Gavin Williams against the Royals. 5.2 innings, 300 runs, 8 hits, 1 walk, 7k. So kind of disappointing here against the Royals, right? One out away from a very poor quality start. And he honestly could have lost that win if it weren't for the Guardians executing one of the most brilliant relay throws to home that I think I've ever seen. Check it out on my Twitter. It's incredible. So what happened here? Gavin Williams did really good things with the four-seamer. 14 over 53 whiffs is great. 40% CSW, but a lot of his hits were off of that pitch. Wait, how? He was upper half with the fastball. Nick, this is everything that you've saying. Well, it's because the secondaries weren't down. The slider and the curveball. So like I was talking about before, uh, where you got to get the Blake Snell blueprint all the way through. You can't just only throw high fastballs. You have to also get the secondary stuff down. And without that, you know, a lot of guys were beat by those by by those heaters for 14 whiffs, but some guys were smart and they said, look, everything is going up. So I'm just going to keep my eye level there. And they were able to get a lot of hits on it. So in due time, I do hope that Gavin Williams will have that skill. But with a lot of rookies, yeah, command is a big thing that takes time. And it's nice to see that Gavin Williams does have the ability to to get whiffs on four-seamers. That's a huge, huge, huge deal. Um, I love that. But there's more to be done here. Now, I'm not saying that Gavin Williams is just going to be bad now. No, I'm saying that he opens the door for volatile starts for disasters and for kind of just frustrating outings. This is not a disaster. I think when we see that dreaded ERA over four or uh, a whip over 1.2, we think that's a bad start. That's not necessarily the case. Uh, i what really the situation is it's a, they're just a little bit off from actually being productive the real damaging ones are where you see like the sixer era and the 1.5 plus whip so this is fine it's just i like that we see the the ceiling i mean 20 whiffs and 36 percent csw um so gavin williams i hope you can unlock that and be more consistent in the future Ranger Suarez has hit the wall. Two good matchups, and he just did not come through against them. This was against Miami Marlins. and runs, 8 hits, 4 walks, 4 Ks, and 5.2 innings. Yeah, do not start Ranger Suarez. It was a Vargas rule. It ended. We move on. Hopefully, he comes back in the second half. David Peterson, very interesting. 5.1 innings, and runs, 5 hits, 2 walks, 7 Ks against the Padres. It wasn't terrible. It's just that he doesn't have a really good secondary pitch anymore. And without that, it's like he's doing all the hard work, and then he's not getting anything out of it like you get your PhD is what I said in the, in the roundup and like what do you do now or you go to the drive through and you finally go through all the traffic and everything to get there and then you don't know what you want to order um so I don't really want to start David Peterson until he has an actual secondary pitch it's not the slider anymore Braxton Garrett against the fills got the win five innings three and runs, six hits zero walks in three k's yeah not great because his command is falling apart and that was really the thing that Braxton Garrett had except he just didn't have a good sinker and so use the cutter instead but now the cutter isn't as good it's kind of interesting i i think we go with the orioles i think you should get that on the uh, back turn of the all-star break um i think we start him there and we kind of take it from there after that one connor Seabold, absolutely not taj bradley got atlanta so we can't really judge him much there but we didn't see any growth in the changeup of the curveball so unfortunately it's still just cherry bomb taj bradley atlanta is really tough guys uh drew smiley is not throwing good down down curveballs, so he didn't do well against the Yankees. It hasn't been that way for a while, so we wait. Colin Ray, yeah, he's a, he got seven strikeouts, but yeah, no, we don't really do that. Um Luke Weaver, we absolutely don't do. Uh Brady Singer is a cherry bomb, unfortunately. He came off of a start of 12 whiffs and 12 called strikes in the sinker, but yeah, he did terribly against the Guardians for 6 and runs and 13 hits, and I really just don't want to have him on the list anymore. Sonny Gray had a terrible second inning of all six-earned runs of i believe it was five hits and two walks came in that one or maybe it was all six singles i can't remember all of them were singles and it was a horrible inning and then he was amazing in the other five so yeah we just keep starting sunny gray that was a nightmare inning but that's just kind of how it goes andrew heaney we saw this great start with his sliders down fastballs up and we were hoping maybe he could do it against the nationals nope three innings of 700 runs eight hits one walk in four Ks as the command was just gone again and just don't do it he's just a desperate strikeout dark throw dart throw and that is it a dark throw a dart throw and lastly there is reed detmers i know we're also very disappointed about this when he was on such a good stretch and he already taken down the dodgers and maybe this was going to happen i think i put detmers in the questionable maybe i put him in the probable i don't know i was really debating it in my uh in my legacy league and my situation said all right you know what? i'm going to do it i shouldn't have and i kind of regret myself doing that But it was 3.1 innings of 7 earned runs, 6 hits, 1 walk, 4 Ks, 12 whiffs, 32% CSW, and 75 pitches. This was a game where he allowed 3 home runs. His slider was not good. This was not the command that we are used to from Detmers recently with that slider. Did not get it in off the plate effectively. When he did, it wasn't a good scenario to do it. It was not a good outing for Reed Detmers. Does not mean it's all coming apart. This is often like... What happens? You have a, like a seven game stretch and then you have one bad one and everything like throws up the papers as if like it's totally over. No, this wasn't a Vargas rule. Like Detmers is really good. Just stick with Detmers, OK, it's not. sudden so now he's regressing back to April and March. No, it's a new slider. It's a better approach. You just had a bad outing. Whatever. We move on. All right. That is it for today. Thank you all so much for the support. I will be putting out a the next Plus Pitch podcast about today's games um, super early um, in the morning tomorrow. So enjoy that one. But that is it. So my name is Nick Pollock and may your babes be low and your strikeouts outside.